That was Alonso Loaiza on piano with his cover of Space Dementia. I'm sorry if I didn't pronounce your name correctly. Uh, you can follow Alonso on Instagram at Alonso underscore Loaiza dot F and also check out his YouTube channel. Uh, links are in the show notes or video description if you're watching this on YouTube. Thank you so much, Alonso, for allowing me to use your cover on the podcast. Welcome to the MuseCast podcast, the podcast for musers, and I'm your host, Anais Lucia. And it is a very appropriate cover because this episode is about origin of symmetry. Yes. And I am going to discuss origin of symmetry with my friend Gary, who you might have seen on the episode where we talked about simulation theory film. I don't know why I'm moving my head like this, but I wanted to bring him on because even though it's very hard to pick, he said that Origin of Symmetry is his favorite album. So, you know, I'm trying to have different people come on to talk about their favorite Muse albums. So if any of you have a favorite Muse album that we haven't covered yet, please send me a DM so you can come on and talk about it. (laughs) So without further ado, let's bring on my guest Gary and talk about origin of symmetry. Gary, hi, nice to see you again. <laughs> oh my gosh, thanks so much for having me on. It's great yes. to see you again. Uh, thank you for coming. And so we are going to talk about, you said your favorite Muse album was Origin of Symmetry. So It was really hard to choose, <laughs> but I, yeah, if someone put a gun to my head, Origin of Symmetry, I'm super excited. I've been anxiously awaiting to talk to you about this album. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So before we get started and going and we start going into each individual song, um, for those who don't know, <laughs> maybe who are a little bit newer uh, in terms of like new or new newer Muse fans, this is uh, Muse's second studio album. It was released on June eighteenth, two thousand one, in the UK, and it was released through Mushroom Records and Taste Media. We're gonna talk a little bit later about the late release in the US. <laughs> um, and all the tracks were written by Matthew Bellamy, except Feeling Good, obviously, which was written by Leslie Bricus and Anthony Newley. And it was produced by David Buttrell. Hopefully I pronounced that right. And John Leckie. The artwork was by William Eager. And he actually, on his Instagram, William.Eager, he actually shared early sketches of the cover coincidentally. He knew we were doing this podcast. He's like, here you go. <laughs> Here's nice, some early sketches. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's cool. So just, cool. you know, I feel like producers, a lot of people, unless they're really into music, they don't really pay attention to who produces stuff. So yeah. and just to give you listeners an idea of the, the producers, uh, David Batrell, he, hopefully I pronounced it right. He's a winner of three Grammy Grammys. He produced Newborn Bliss, Plug in Baby, a Dark Shines on this album. And he has also produced music for D.E.U.S. I don't know that band. Dream Theater, woo, Silver Chair, and Tool. So it kind of makes sense that he produced those uh, songs yeah and john (laughs) lecky he's a little bit more well known he's actually one of britain's most acclaimed rock producers he also produced showbiz and he produced the uh, the album the stone roses for the stone roses uh the bends from radiohead and ecstasy's 
white music. So everyone's like, oh, Muse is copying Radiohead. Okay, oh, well, God. they have、oh, they share a producer. Okay, they share a producer. <laughs> And if he really thought they were copying Radiohead, I don't think he would have worked with them on two albums. Just saying. No, All no,、right. I don't think so. <laughs> Origin of Symmetry first came about through the changes Muse underwent through their intensive touring. In promotion of during the promotion of showbiz, so they wrote a lot of this material during、uh, that tour. It was a critical and commercial success in the UK, and it peaked at number three on the UK albums chart and achieved BPI platinum status. I'm not sure what BPI stands for, but I thought that was pretty cool. And the singles from this album were "Plug in Baby." Newborn, Bliss, and Hyper Music slash Feeling Good, and the title is derived from the 1994 book Hyperspace by theoretical physicist Michio Kaku,、um, which suggests the title "The Origin of Symmetry" for a future book about the discovery of supersymmetry. So another thing that、uh, odd thing that Matt's into because always about that stuff. It's、so. just amazing, like just、um, how much you can learn about. Everything else in life, just by being a Muse fan. I mean, exactly. I'm like, I never had heard about, about this stuff. Of, yeah. So thank you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah.、Uh, Matt said every in regards to the. Um, you know the title and everything. He said everyone's been writing about the origin of life, so now they'll start looking at the origin of symmetry. There's a certain amount of stability in the universe, and to find out where it originates from would be to find out if God exists. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Originally, it was scheduled for release in the U.S. through Maverick Records, which, in case you didn't know, was Madonna's record label. I'm not sure if it's still her record label, but it was because、um, I haven't kept up with Madonna. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but I know that was her record label. I was like, oh, they're on. They were on、uh, Madonna's record label.、Um, so、M、Maverick had originally, you know, had released Showbiz. But they actually、uh, left. Muse left Maverick during the, while they were working on Origin of Symmetry because they wanted him to record the album with less falsetto. So he was like, "Heck no!" <laughs> and they left. And because of that, it didn't get released in the U.S. I think till like 2005. So yeah, four years later.、Also. Yeah, crazy. But I'm glad. I'm glad that Matt stuck to his guns. He's like, "Me telling me not to do falsetto? That's like my thing." <laughs> Well, that was like the, one of my talents. Rock and roll thing you you could do, like tell the record label, like go away, and I'm gonna do it my way. Now we're gonna talk about some. I just want to provide a little bit of context, okay? So here's some what some reviews said at the time of Origin of Symmetry. So Roger Morton at NME said it's amazing for such a young band to load up with the heritage that includes the darker visions of Cobain and Kafka, Mahler and the Tiger Lilies. Cronenberg and Schoenberg, and make a sexy populist album. But Muse have carried it carried it off. It's their Siamese dream. Now begins the psychoanalysis. Tom York's least favorite word is is angst. Tom, Matt Bellamy's is about to become psychotic. We're the lucky ones who get to look at the pretty shapes as the blood hits the wall. Right. So the Guardians, Betty Clark. Panned actually, she actually panned Origin of Symmetry as an unbelievably overblown, self-important, and horrible、um, album in a one one-star review. Dang! All right, well, you don't get it. <laughs> Just kidding. You don't get it, Betty Clark. All right. Not at all. Not at all. Her loss.、Um, Yeah, and Stylus Magazine critic Tyler Martin、um, conceded that Muse are very good at their craft, 
but felt that the constant overplaying of everything waters it all down immensely. Mm. But then later, Q Magazine, Q is a great magazine. I would buy it whenever I would be in like New York. Because they don't really sell Q magazine everywhere, so when I would see it, I would like buy it. I had the covers with like the Strokes and Muse, and Muse because nice. they were like my favorite bands. Nice. So Q magazine actually later listed Origin of Symmetry as one of the best 50 albums of 2001, while Kerrang magazine named it the ninth best album of the year. So yeah, good job. High praise. Good job. Yeah. And in one retrospective review, which is, you know, she listened to it later on, obviously, years later, Uh um, Natalie Shaw from BBC, uh, she said that it shows a band with the drive and unfettered ambition to create a standalone marvel, which not only awakens the ghosts and cliches from Prague's pompous past, but entirely adds its own voice. And Bellamy's voice is intelligent and familiar, his cold grandiosity spreading like wildfire as the album plays out. In her 2011 work, Revolution Rock, the albums which define two ages, Amy Britton argued that on Origin of Symmetry, Matt Bellamy progressed his band sound so much that he earned a new title, This Generation's Guitar Hero. <laughs> so, yeah. yes, he nice. still is a guitar hero. And, you know, he was on the game, too. <laughs> and I had to buy yeah. it. <laughs> of course. Did you have a, an epic Muse birthday party back in the day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. 11 years ago. I want to have another one. It's time for another one. It's it, been a long time. You're overdue, overdue for another Muse birthday It's party. been long overdue. <laughs> Anyone <Whoa>. can <laughs> overdo. Let's see how many Muse puns we can do throughout this whole podcast. That's a goal. One for me. No, All right. So let's get started with track number one, produced by David Petrill. Newborn, which was released, it was the second single off the album, released June 5th, 2001. It peaked at number 12 on the UK singles chart, and it was also featured on the Hullabaloo live DVD. Uh, some of the B-sides on the single were Shrinking Universe, awesome piano thing, amazing, um, and Map of Your Head. Regarding the meaning of the song, Matt said it's about a semi-fear of the evolution of technology and how in reality it's destroying all humanity. My fear is that we can't control it because it's moving faster than we are, so the song's setting myself in a location in the future where the body is no longer important and everyone's plugged into a network. The opening line is link it to the world so it's connecting yourself on a worldwide scale and being born into another reality. (laughs) And this was 19 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wish I could just like talk to Matt about this stuff. I feel like he could talk about it forever. Um, it's like Matt, you're onto something, brother. <laughs> then another interesting fact about this song: during the recording of the album, the band experimented with using Matt's voice for the arpeggios instead of the piano, but decided that it was too abstract and removed it during post-recording. <laughs> so interesting. That would have been interesting. Yeah, can we hear yeah. that? I want to hear. I want to hear uh, what it sounded like. And it also was remixed for the film Swordfish by Paul Oakenfeld. And it was featured notably in the 2003 French horror film Hot Tension. Hot Tension. I don't know if I said Ooh, that la right. La. I, okay. <laughs> All right. So, Gary, what are your thoughts on Newborn? Like, wait, wait. What was your first song that you ever heard of Muse? I actually saw Muse before I even heard of them. It was at my first Ooh. ever rock show. It was the 2006 K Rock Inland Invasion. Um, like the big headliners were Guns N' Roses, Alice in Chains, and Muse played um, before the both of them. It was like a whole day thing. And 
my intro to Muse is actually a live experience, and that's how I got that's into. The best. Yeah, wow. I mean, what an introduction! So <laughs> at the time, they were touring for Black Holes and Revelations. Okay. Um, I forget the set list because it was 14 years ago, but um, I ended up getting Origins Origin of Symmetry way after that. Um, so I was in college and broke and living off ramen. So buying albums was not at the top of the list of things to do. But when I got Origin of Symmetry, I opened up that packaging and um, I hear Newborn. What a way to introduce this album. I mean, it kind of tells you the whole story of the album in this one song. It's like a preview of what's to come. Mm-hmm. And what really grabbed me was that guitar riff. Holy cow. So simple, yeah. so powerful. And mm-hmm. I know that to this day, like there's young guitar players picking up the guitar and that's one of the first riffs they learn. It was yeah. one, of, one of the first ones I learned. <laughs> also, um, for anyone listening, who obviously, you know, if they don't know you, what, what instruments do you play? Well, I've been playing piano for 24 years now, um, since I was seven. Um, I was actually raised off classical music, opera and jazz. Um, before I even got into rock and roll. And then when I got into Muse, it's like, wow, Muse kind of just ticks off all those boxes. Exactly. Um, <laughs> which, I mean, as we yeah. get into talking about the album, we'll talk about more about the classical influences, I'm sure, on some of the songs. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just even before the guitar, though, that piano intro, yes. just like like that quiet little like, mm-hmm. hey, you're about to get yep. into some stuff right now. Yep. That's I mean that uh, was, for me that oh, was sorry. a big thing and then um the opening lyrics link it to the world I mean <laughs> that's telling you about what kind of dystopia awaits us <laughs> Yeah <laughs> I was just like what the heck is going on and I feel like that's something that um I love about Muse is uh they it's I'm very bad at like describing how I feel I'm not very articulate so just letting people know <laughs> I just like feel things, but I never know how to adequately explain them. So this is my attempt. It's like, I feel like a lot of their music, they start very different than the way they end. Like they start off a certain way and they have a certain sound. And then towards the end, it's like almost like a completely different song. And I feel like with Newborn, it was kind of like, that's like, oh, nice piano. But it's like really creepy. And it's like, what's going on? What's going to happen? It's like, I'm like, okay. (laughs) So that's what I love about music because a lot of other songs, songs it's just like kind of it sounds the same at the beginning at the end it's just kind of yeah but like with with muse it's like you're on this like journey like what is happening i don't know (laughs) down left right spinning Mm -hmm. around you're going into space (laughs) Mm -hmm. this was one of the first uh, muse piano parts i learned because i was so pretty and creepy i'm like i need to learn it (laughs) um i mean and in in case anyone wants to learn it on the piano it's not really the hardest thing ever but it's cool once you learn it it's like you feel so cool when you're playing it Um, once you got the hang of it you can just go off and do it yeah regarding the drums uh dominic (laughs) i've heard him say that that this is like one of the most exhausting songs to play and i (laughs) I play a little bit of drums too, so to, yeah, just it's like okay, it's like the same thing. Over, all right, all right, all right. So I can kind of understand. He's like, okay, I'm tired of this, but um, Matt, Chris said it's one of his favorite songs. So anything else about Newborn that you want to say? I I, um, I wish we could play the song. So like, but like just for we can't for copyright reasons. So, you know, 
another thing, since we were talking about guitars earlier too, um, the bends that Matt executes towards the end of the song, mm-hmm. um, towards the outro, um, it's like being in a tornado and in a hurricane and an earthquake all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just the first song on the album. <laughs> exactly. It's like, whoa. <laughs> all right. Are you it's like, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this album towards the end? It's like, all right, I guess I am. <laughs> and then the amazing, oh my gosh, another amazing song with another amazing piano. <laughs> that i had to learn <laughs> bliss uh bliss is just a perfect name because that is how i feel when i listen to this song <laughs> i'm blissful listening to bliss it was also produced by david Patrell. it was the third single released on august uh, 20th in 2001 it reached number 22 in the uk singles chart and it was one of the most successful singles from origin of symmetry the b-side had the gallery which was also oh, so creepy and X Filesy. I love it. Every time I hear it, it reminds me of the X Files. <laughs> Am I crazy? Um, no, oh, that's your you... Scully and Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I have to say, piano thing. That is so freaking beautiful. I don't know, like the B side from a uh, newborn. Uh, a lot of people uh, said it's a uh, very reminiscent of Rachmaninoff's Piano Concerto Number no. Two, Movement Two, and we're gonna talk about some other one influences uh later on so matthew bellamy said has said that bliss is his favorite song i don't know when he said this we have to look that up but uh, i'm gonna post all the links for everything below but at the time that they asked him this he said it was his favorite song because it's got all these 80s arpeggios and keyboards on it which remind me of some music i heard on some children's music program when i was five i think i ripped it off that and that reminds me of when i when I was a bit simpler, a bit more of a pleasant state. So I guess when he was, a, yeah, yeah, when you were like a kid, you know. It, it takes him to a happy place, and yeah, what's not to like? Um, I mean, I'd love to run into him in the street someday and be like, "Hey, is Bliss your favorite song still? It's been twenty <laughs> years." <laughs> yeah. And if he says yes, I'll be so amazed. <laughs> mm-hmm. I always wonder. I always thought maybe it was like about like a girl or something, like everything about you. You know, I mean, um, I what, so. what do you, I mean, that's always the impression I got, but do you have other theories of what the song could be about? That I know for me personally, that's what I thought it was about. Like, just like some, some girl who's just like so amazing and positive <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> resonates happening. Everything about you resonates happiness. And I was like, who is this girl? Wow. She makes me really happy. I, mean, I guess <laughs> everything about you is so easy to love. I mean, wow yeah this, this girl sounds perfect <laughs> i think it would be a good love song so but it doesn't sound like a love song that's the other thing too is uh i don't i think like some of muses love i don't think they have that many love songs which is okay i that's the only reason i love muses <laughs> they don't have like all love songs because i get tired of love songs i mean if you wanted that you could just go listen to white snake yeah <laughs> but this could be like a love song but it doesn't sound like one that's the other thing it's more like an admiration song um i wouldn't say so much like love 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 but like he really admires this person and um everything about you is how i want to be yeah like maybe it's someone he aspires to be like he sees these innate qualities about this person he admires and wants to be like them and then you watch the video and then you're like what (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, all of their videos at that time were pretty pretty crazy. This is the one where he's like falling, right? Yeah, I mean, if yeah. he was, I guess he was talking to the producer. He's like, um, I want to fall down. And then the producer goes, how far? And Matt says, yes. He's just falling the whole time. Like, he passes by Chris one time, then Dominic one time. And that's it. And then just goes off and becomes space dust at the end. Yeah. So, like, I saw the video first before I actually heard the song on the album. So, oh, like, okay. my, like, hmm, okay. I, I've seen the video, and then I listened to the song, like, one and one makes three in this situation. <laughs> Anything else about this song before we move on to the next one? I think it's time we move on to the next one. That would give me a lot of bliss. All so right. For me on this one. <laughs> oh, he's okay. He's trying. He's trying. We're going to keep score later on. We're, we'll tally it up. <laughs> All right. Next one. Space Dementia. All right. Space Dementia. Inspired by... Sergei Rachmaninoff, whose music Matt began to listen to while writing the album. Um, and a supposed, well, apparently, a Space Dementia is a hypothetical mental condition in popular science fiction where um, astronauts are said to, that's astronauts are sometimes said to experience while they're in space. And some of the chords in the chorus are an exact reduction of part of Rachmaninoff's second piano concerto first movement. And I listened to it and yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's 100%. okay. Really. Yeah. It's a tribute. It's not a total ripoff. Yeah. Um, it's Which respect I, to Rachmaninoff. I, I love because I love classical music and that's another reason I love Muse. I'm like, every time I hear anything, any like classical influence, I'm like, yes, like I can recognize it right away. I'm like, Matt, you need to choose. I mean, not that he's trying to get away with it, but like I can usually <laughs> recognize it. Um, so I'll be like, wait, that sounds very, you know, yeah, Rachmaninoff or something. And then I'll look it up and I'm like, yep, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> Um, it's also really cool too for like people who maybe don't listen to classical music or don't know yeah. much about it like they'll hear s these songs and they'll go and look it up and you know, you know maybe open up a whole new world for them and mm -hmm. I think it's amazing like the way like Muse introduces like you know I was talking about earlier how we learned so much about like science and space and all that but also about music too yeah like just the history of music like you can totally tell the influences and all that um oh so matt bellamy here's what he has to say about space dementia he said space dementia is the term nasa used for what happens if you're left out in space for a long time because if you truly conceptualize the situation of being there and looking back at earth it can drive you mad the song's about a person who's quite important in my life and who gives me space dementia when I look at them. It's about being intensely engrossed so that you become obsessive and almost nasty. <laughs> yeah, it's just for me, like, just listening, um, like, obviously we have the piano, but then um, Chris's bass just drives the song, you know? He's just mm -hmm. motoring along, but you listen to the lyrics and you pay attention. H8 is the one for me, and... um. Could you maybe explain to the listeners what H8 is before we move on? So according to the Muse Wiki, Matt detailed the meaning of H8 in a 2003 interview. Using a microcomputer, Hitachi H8 
which can be built into the industrial machines, you can learn and understand the inputs and outputs of the microcomputer as a basis of robot control and conduct the experiments by C language for stepping motor control, servo motor control, <laughs> and serial communication. H8 model, a 16-bit microcomputer consists of 32-bit registers, has a flash ROM of 128 kilobytes i think a ram of four kilobytes s ram with external extension of 128 kilobytes and 78 io terminals in out with the built-in ad and da converters h8 is a microcomputer usually built into a tv vtr mobile phone and a car navigator since it has sample io terminals h8 microcomputers also used as a brain of a small robot Sorry so, if I confused anyone listening. Um, I probably confused myself as well. So, <laughs> but that—that that is a very thorough explanation, and it, I mean that's exactly it. Because at this point, like what I'm getting from the song is Matt has just completely given up on you know whoever he was dating or with or his love life. All he needs is this microcomputer. It, like he says, it gives me all I need and helps me coexist without you. Like. This is a man in despair. Like, he's in a dark, lonely place. Um, and again, this is 2001. I mean, just to think of how much more people are isolated, even before this pandemic, um, relying on technology for almost everything. Actual human interaction is getting less and less. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the song just gets even darker. You make me sick because I adore you. So, I mean, can you imagine, like loving someone so much that you get sick i I can Um, actually relate to that where you're like maybe it's like they're not good for you or you know that you shouldn't be with them or something but you can't help it you're like still like oh i don't know why i still like you (laughs) yeah one of those just unhealthy relationships where you know better but oh i I, (laughs) you make me sick because i adore you so Mm -hmm. um and then you know, all that heaviness is going on. Then we have the break and the song, to me at least, um, what I feel is like I am in space. I'm floating. Um, My little tether that is attached to the space station has been cut and I'm just going away. um, Mm -hmm. Free from all the bonds, um, free from this toxic relationship maybe that I was in, um, just everything. Um, when it hits the chorus, I mean, just the outro. I mean, what a masterpiece. I mean, what do you think of that outro? Epic. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I feel like I, that word is overused but a lot, but I think with Muse, it's very, I think it's appropriate. Okay. Absolutely appropriate. <laughs> and apparently they use Matt's, uh, the sound of Matt's fly being zipped and unzipped, <laughs> I guess towards the end, maybe somewhere in the song. So I have to kind of listen to it again, see if I can slightly hear Oh my hear God, that explains slide. everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd been yeah. wondering for the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> he always says like the random, random sounds, you know, baby's heartbeat, you know. Oh uh, yeah, little quapple. baby. Quapple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which uh, that's fly. a discussion for another time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I do have a question. Maybe um, we can talk about this later on. Um, but maybe we can talk about like our favorite live versions of the songs on this album. Maybe at the end, or okay. yeah, maybe at the, we'll end. at the end. Um, just like okay, because <laughs> I, 
I know you had said it was just about the album, but it just the thought came to my mind real fast. And all right, so now we're going to talk about Hyper Music, uh, <laughs> produced by John Leckie. It was the fourth single, and it was like a double single released with Feeling Good, released on November nineteenth, two thousand one. Uh, the B sides that it had were Shine, which I loved, and Please, their cover of Please, 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 Let Me Get What I Want from the Smiths, which I also loved because. Of course, they're so I'm going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> there is also a, another version of like of hyper music, like a softer one called Hyperchondriac Music, which was included on the Hollabaloo soundtrack. Um, and I think it was also included as a B-side later on. Um, we're going to talk about which one is, so you people like better. You know, Let us know in the comments, do you like hyper music better or hyperchondriac? Because I definitely have a favorite. <laughs> But I like both. I like both. I have to make it clear. But there's. Are you one gonna tell I... us which one you like better? <laughs> First, I want you to talk about it. <laughs> Again, this is just one of those like harder, heavier songs, um, fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like a punch in the face, a kick in the gut. Like it definitely sounds like a breakup song. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna I don't say like. Love you. <laughs> you know, like he was like. Matt was just going through this like dark period in space mentioning, you know, the song before and then like hyper music is like the healing process, kind of like the denial part of the grieving process. It's like, <laughs> I don't want you, I don't need you, <laughs> and I never will. Yeah. Exactly. Like, sourcing like a broken man kind of try to pick up the pieces for himself. That's the vibe I got from the song. So maybe we have to thank whoever did this to Matt because, you know, he got like this album from it. <laughs> so- <laughs> absolutely thank you whoever you are out there (laughs) thank you whoever broke his heart (laughs) just a lesson to learn anyone you're going through your breakup hey you could write an amazing album use that to make some amazing art so yeah turn turn a negative into a positive absolutely matt said that the song is about wanting to destroy a person you've loved and this one really rocks out it's really full-on because the lyric but the lyrics are just plain negative just pure anger and disregard for affection the opposite of bliss yep uh and he said it's actually linked to a book i read called hyperspace which is about how all the laws of nature and physics combine in the 10th dimension in pure mathematics to form one main theme i never like for me science and it sounds cool but like i'm like i don't even understand what you just said (laughs) thank you (laughs) i'll try (laughs) yeah like i just like me reading that stuff i have to read it over and over because i don't grasp it very easily but matt like when he's talking about physics and all that stuff i'm just like how do you remember that (laughs) i would need to write it down like notes (laughs) yeah so anything else you want to say about this song which one did you like better hyper music or hypercontract music i mean they're they're both amazing in their own rights i mean i heard Mm -hmm. hyper music first obviously but then hearing (laughs) on the hullabaloo soundtrack like this is the same song, but it's not the same song. Like, I I don't know the best way to, s- to describe it. I mean, it's just so mellow and soft. And, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of when AHA did their Unplugged and they did Take On Me, Unplugged with just piano and stuff. I mean, that's the vibe I get from what Muse did with Hyper Music. Um, same song, same lyrics, same everything, but just totally different. Unrecognizable. Yeah yes yeah i remember i don't remember which one i heard first but i remember whichever i heard second i was like wait these lyrics sound really familiar 
<laughs> I, I was like, oh, okay. So it's it's a you know the same lyrics. I'm like, okay. And uh, something like that happened with, in case uh, people don't know, uh, with Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson kind of re- reused the same lyrics in, I don't know which one came first, but Ghost, his song Ghost, and Is It Scary had similar lyrics too. Um, in case, so if you want to look that up, check it out. I love Michael Jackson, so that's how I know that. Because I remember just like <laughs> listening to, I think I listened to Ghost first and then to Is It Scary, and I was like, wait, those are the same lyrics from Ghost. <laughs> but it's their own song, so they can do that. <laughs> you Absolutely. Know? They can reuse their own lyrics as many times as you want. So I don't think you answered which one you liked more. I'm going to go with like Hyper more. Music. I mean, just maybe maybe I'm just an angry person on the inside. Maybe I'm broken <laughs> or whatever. But um, I do love the energy of Hyper Music. I mean, nothing to take away from Hyper yeah. But um, just love the energy. I mean... If I don't have my coffee before work, I can just put on hyper music and I'm ready to tackle the day, you know, <laughs> as you take your sip of coffee. <laughs> yup. Yeah, I need my coffee. Um, so for me, it's definitely going to be hyperchondriac music because that's awesome. more my mood. I like, yeah. I need, the, I need the songs that make me sad. I want to cry. <laughs> and hyperchondriac music definitely makes me feel that. So that that's so just that's the one that like really gets me in my soul um but hyper music is definitely like yeah angry you know letting it out but hyperchondriac is like okay i just need to cry right now right now yeah, i'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested breakup. to see what what the listeners would say too because it seems like if you ask any two muse fans <laughs> one will say hyper one will say hyperchondriac it's yeah. it's it's a 50 50 you know that's mm-hmm. the feeling i get i'd love to see what other people have to say about it both amazing yeah. songs though yep so anyone watching, which one did you like better? We just want to see. Obviously, there's no competition. We're not going to announce a winner. But I just want to see, like, you know, which one gets more more votes. Just let us know in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. All right. Now one of the best known songs, most epic. I get so excited when I, like, I, I know when they're going to start playing it. Nugget, <laughs> baby. Yeah. Yes. Produced by David Buttrell. First single off the album, released March 5th, 2001. It became Muse's highest charting single in the UK when it peaked at number 11 on the UK singles chart until it was surpassed by one of my other favorites, Time is Running Out. Um, oh, yeah. Which peaked at number 8. Uh, today, Plug In Baby is considered one of Muse's most notable songs, and it was featured on the H.A. Harp. I don't know if I say H. Should it, is, it, can, is it called Harp? Do I say Harp? I, on that I've album? always called it Harp. <laughs> okay. And the Live at Rome Olympic Stadium. Also, it was featured on Guitar Hero 5, where Matt was a character and... I freaked the F out when <laughs> I, I knew he was going to be in the game. I'm like, what? When I saw a trailer and with the red suit and that song and he's like spinning. I'm like, yes, you have to have him spinning. I get disappointed when I've seen him perform and he doesn't spin. I'm like, he didn't he didn't spin when we watched him at simulation and the simulation theory tour. I don't think he spun. And I was like. You need to spin when you're this song. That's like, once you do it once, like, you need to keep doing it. Because that's just like one, that's like part of the performance, I feel, of Plug In Baby is the spinning. Like, he doesn't do that for any of the other songs. So I was kind of sad. I'm like waiting for him to spin and he didn't spin. I'm like, what? Um, um, so Fun fact about me, real fast. Um, mm-hmm. I actually worked on that game. Um, what? I With worked Matt? on that game. 
no, I, we were not allowed anywhere near Matt because um, he had to come in to put on, you know, that um, suit with the little ping pong balls, the motion capture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, um, we had the song already. So like I'm working on the game and I'm like, oh, crap, plug in baby's going to be on this. Awesome. And then mm-hmm. much to my surprise, later on, I find out that Matt's going to be one of the characters. And um, and it was just I didn't I didn't get to see him. But just knowing the buzz that Matt Bellamy was um going to be a character was just palpable like we were also very excited and like wow. I, I we, to this day like I have no idea if he actually came in or we went to Matt but um maybe it was done in secret when we all left left work and they <laughs> brought him into the warehouse to do it but um wow. it was just so exciting oh, and I think the game got it so good like they did justice to Matt um yes. and the song too because sometimes Cause they um, had the spin <laughs> They had to spin. That was they the most the important spin. thing. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, okay, in terms of what, because I, I'm like, I get really bothered when the faces are messed up, but his face was pretty good. The only thing, maybe it was, I don't know, is I thought he was a little too chunky in the game because <laughs> I was like, that's a kind of really thin dude. <laughs> and yeah, so in the yeah. game, I was like, I think he could have been like a little skinnier, but maybe, I don't know, maybe they were like, okay, we don't want to make him look like a skeleton, but he was <laughs> like in, in the game, I was like, I think he's a little smaller than that. <laughs> That's the only we'll thing. Blame but it on the that, pixels. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad like they had the spin. So I don't know why Matt doesn't do it anymore, but yeah. Oh, so beginning of the riff um, shows similarities to the Takata from Box Takata and Fugue in D minor, and the beginning of Samuel Barber's Adagio for Adagio Adagio is that how to pronounce it? Adagio for Adagio, strings. Yeah. yeah. Plug in Baby was to be recorded under the wishes of Maverick, and this is the song where basically they wanted him to tone down the falsetto um, on this song as well as the rest of the album, but he Matt decided. Nope. So they left the label and it remained, the album remained unreleased until 2005. Also, the opening guitar riff has been uh, voted by Total Total Guitar Magazine readers as the number one ultimate guitar riff of the 2000s and the 13 best of all time in 2004. And in 2011, Spinner.com named Plug-In Baby the 46th greatest riff of all time, citing its play on box Toccata and Fugue in D minor. 46? Oh, I think That's it could a be a little low, bit higher. Think, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh I think God. it's easily a top 25 riff in all of rock and roll. Easily. Oh, my God. Like, I think 50 years from now, there's going to be kids, like, learning that riff, like, as one of the first I feel, things. That- yeah. yeah, I feel that's also one of the, like just a riff that any anyone wants like that probably inspired a lot of guitarists to just start playing after hearing that like what the frick like i think yeah. i don't know yeah it's like being hit with a wrecking ball <laughs> mm-hmm. like i think it's like the opening riff is like in the same league as like smoke on the water and sweet child of mine back in black you know it's just one of those legendary riffs mm-hmm. and it's gonna stand the test of time but i mean there's, I remember- there's- <laughs> go ahead oh no, no, it's because I was going to talk about the title because, in you know, just in case any non-Americans are listening in America, I mean, they're not as pop. I don't even know if they're popular now, but like back when I was younger, there was these things called plugins. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like the air fresheners. The air so it made me think. Yeah. yeah, so it made me think of that. Like, oh, plug in, plug in the air freshener. <laughs> There's so much more to the song than just the riff. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, um, when when you listen to it, I mean, well, what's your interpretation of the song? Because I know a lot of people can take it so in so many different ways. I have no clue. I just enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I um, yeah, I didn't really. I'm. I will say I'm more of a a music person than lyrics. I don't really, yeah. I always pay attention to the music first and how it makes me feel and the lyrics are kind of like later for me. Um, right, right, right. Like a, a lot of times like I'll they'll be, you know, I'll be enjoying a song for years and years and I've never like really paid attention to the lyrics and then later I'm like, what the heck? So, like there's one from the, I think the 70s uh, called I'm Not... I'm not in love by 10cc, I think that's what it's called. Okay. I'm not in love. And I'm like, it sounds so nice and everything. I, I don't really pay attention to the lyrics. I'm just like, oh, I just love this song. It's so nice. And then one day I decided to actually read through the lyrics. I'm like, this guy's an a-hole. <laughs> 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 the song sounds so nice. And I'm like, yeah. It's so, and I'm even singing along to it, but I'm just like not paying attention to the lyrics. <laughs> and then I actually decided to read the lyrics and like pay attention to them. I'm like, wow, this guy's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but the song is so nice <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah i will say i do play this one um uh like when i would play it on guitar hero i, I love playing the drums i played expert on drums just saying watch um, out now <clears throat> yeah <laughs> it's really fun to play on the drums um but in terms of the lyrics i i i didn't really sorry saying we're gonna start a post-pandemic guitar hero band is that what's gonna happen? That would that would be awesome. I mess. I played the drums so much that I uh, like my Guitar Hero ones that I messed them up. Like oh. they didn't work because oh, I no. played them so much. Yeah, <laughs> like cause, I mean, I mean the the bass, like the little like the pe- the pedal just stopped working. Then the snare because that was like, the one that was used the most. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, just stopped working. And then I tried to buy them again, and they kind of stopped selling them. So it was. I was really sad. I'm like, oh, dang it. And Assassin, oh my gosh, I played that one in the next Guitar Hero and I was like sweating. <laughs> like, <"Da-da-da." laughs> oh, it's, more than, it's not just a game. This is real life we're talking like. Yeah. It's realer than I'm, real. I'm really, yeah, I'm really into it. And the first time I completed Assassin on Expert, like I cried. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I, I did it. <laughs> Someone give me a nice like, pack. <laughs> exactly. And I don't blink. When I play Guitar Hero, I don't don't blink especially on assassin like you can't blink because you'll miss a, you'll miss a no <laughs> i'm like i'm like like just playing with my eyes open then i'm like oh i start crying because it's like okay i can blink now oh my gosh uh, but sorry we're talking about another album sorry let's get back to origin no symmetry <laughs> for me just like real fast plug in baby like it just sounds like um a love song to a love song to his guitar um, mm. and like he, he uses his guitar as like an everyday tool like to crucify his enemies so like any challenges that may come his way he just uses that guitar create excellent music and you know get through the day whatever hardships he may be facing um that was like my biggest takeaway um mm. That's some good. people might say it's about like religion or whatever because in one of the lyrics um he talks about unbroken virgin realities um mm. talking about like you know la virgen and jesus and all that but to me it's just more like hey my guitar is my best buddy let's do battle oh okay 
That's awesome. I wish, like, you know how they have, like, dance-off? They should have guitar riffs, riff-offs. Do, do they actually have those? <laughs> Matt's I, just like, that would be amazing. If that's not a thing, it needs to be a thing. We need to make yeah, some phone calls. Yeah, we need to, it has to be a show, and then, like, you, it's like a championship. You have, like, a bracket, and then oh, Matt yeah. is there, and then it, it's going to end up Matt versus somebody else. Tom Morello? I don't know. <laughs> ooh, uh, who ooh, could it be? That'd be good. That would be amazing if that was an actual show. Okay, someone make it and give us money. Uh, give us a percentage. <laughs> we came up with the idea right now. We came that's up with right, the idea. That's right. <laughs> so and make me a host. I'm just. I'm just saying. <laughs> if you want that show, please comment so we can show that there is a demand for guitar riff off show. We can, yeah, we got to go into the meetings to support. Yeah, it can be done through Zoom. <laughs> So there's several B-sides on this. I guess because there was like different singles that were released. There was Nature One, Awesome, Spiral Static, Awesome, Bedroom Acoustics, Awesome. I'm not going to say they're not awesome. I mean, they're all amazing. Amazing. (laughs) And then Execution Commentary. All right. Um, which was described by Matt in a tweet when somebody asked him, like, which was the worst song he ever wrote, he was, he ever wrote, and he said, execution commentary. <laughs> um, and then if you look in the, um, in the single, like the, what's that? Oh my uh, God, the, I can't the even think. Notes. Yes, yes, yes. It said that execution commentary was produced by, by a nasty piece of work. <laughs> That's what they put. <laughs> so (laughs) um and then apparently the baseline resembles that of rage against the machines tire me this just you know trivia i found at one at the 133 mark um after matt's distorted falsetto for a few seconds he makes a bruce lee type noise but i don't know how you can like really decipher like anything like (laughs) you have to slow it down i don't know if you can hear anything it's just like like for me but it's still like (laughs) 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 so that's why i like i i will definitely not be talking about the lyrics to that song i'll tell you that much it's i feel like like they definitely must have been high <laughs> like when maybe they re- little. recorded that like <laughs> i feel like that's it's like you're drunk you're high you're just like <laughs> let's just record something <laughs> so yeah <laughs> but like we have some leftover tape let's just use it up <laughs> mm-hmm like i want to ask i want to ask that would be a question like okay matt were you sober don't lie <laughs> when you recorded that <laughs> when you wrote it and recorded it like come on don't tell me you were sober <laughs> it can't be all right i mean so, if, if he like, was we'd have some questions for him <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, what's your secret we need that like creativity <laughs> what's your inspiration and oh yeah nasty piece of work never mind <laughs> yeah so i think this is the longest song in the album at seven minutes and 21 seconds citizen all right produced by john lecky and it is the only song where the manson seven string e guitar is used which is what um, makes the song par- so so heavy like that seven <laughs> string oh my goodness gracious yeah and according to hugh manson <clears throat> matt bought that second hand uh he had made it for jazz musicians for a jazz musician as a seven string guitar with no bridge pickup just a neck pickup and a bridge transducer which i had custom made uh with mike christian 
Christian saddles in it. Oh. Um, and then, let's see. Oh, yeah. Matt came to the shop and said, I need a seven string for a certain song. And I said, I've got this one here that a guy doesn't want. Oh, okay. He didn't want it. He tried it and said, yeah, that'll do. All right. That'll do. One person's trash is another person's treasure, huh? Yep. (laughs) Exactly. And Matt Bellamy said, um, in regards to the song, it's an expression of what it feels like to be questioned. I spend more time than most people being asked about purpose, and it's a strange feeling. I don't really have the answers, and I have to respond on the knowledge I have obtained so far, but the problem is that it gets printed, and something else can come has come along that's made you completely disagree with what you said. Yep. And it was written around a drum beat that Dominic Howard composed, and matt said dom came in one day with this funky james brown beat and chris just started playing along i then applied the accord structure that i already had and it suddenly became a full-on metal track out of nowhere because it was so heavy for so long we decided to add another song to the end of it oh okay oh also according to the muse wiki this was on there the song could also be a reference to orwell's 1984 in which citizens are erased and lies control society all right. And then when he was asked, when Matt was asked about the globalist and citizen erased, Matt referred to them as opposites. I guess citizen erased is loosely about a person disappearing into nothing, declining to take control or power and choosing to fade from memory rather than embrace the chaos, feeling trampled and blown away. To me, this song is church. Oh. Um. It's just one of those songs during like the softer parts where like I will put both of my hands up in the air and just like look up to the sky and like shake my head like uh, <laughs> I recognize the universe. Um, but co- honestly, just um, a dark song with like little um, hints of like sunshine coming through. Like it's like we're not going to send you directly to hell. We're going to give you some hope that you can pull out of this right now. Um, <laughs> it's just one of those like darkly optimistic song especially towards the end um like this song has taken different meanings for me throughout the years like right now um i think citizen erased i've been you know we've all been seeing like the unmarked vehicles of the federal agents coming in and taking people off the streets mm-hmm. they're literally like if people maybe didn't have cameras on them or whatever like i think some of those citizens would have been erased you know that's where my mind goes nowadays when i listen to the song um mm-hmm. and you know you brought up um 1984 very orwellian an orwellian epic um this song actually just nowadays i'm scared for the future and this song kind of brings those fears up um but at the same time i try to be optimistic that hey maybe some changes can come from all, all the bad things that are going on maybe there's a glimmer of hope somewhere and we can come out of this um what, what, what do you feel when you when you hear the song like what does it mean to you the best way i can describe it i feel like it's just taking me on a journey <laughs> I, I feel like i'm like flying through space <laughs> i don't know yeah like i mean i definitely get that through most of the album it's just like i'm like flying i don't even know especially and then at the end for me it like sounds like yeah like i'm just like fl- flying away on like a spaceship or something <laughs> so yeah um this whole album is more just like an escape um, when you when you get to the end of the song and you're flying in your spaceship um the, the 
for you, does it seem like you actually have like a destination, like you figured out where you're going or is it aimless? Like what's the feeling? Yeah, it's definitely more like aimless. Like, okay. Like, (laughs) yeah, we're just like, let's just see what's going to happen. Hopefully we make it. (laughs) It's like, okay, as long as it sounds like this, I'll be good. (laughs) Yeah. So, and it's one of those, like I said earlier that it's just, it sounds very different. Like if you just, if somebody who's never heard this song, if you basically cut out like the first, I don't know, 30 seconds of the first 30 seconds and the last 30 seconds of the song and showed him, <laughs> showed it, showed, um, had someone who's never heard it listen to him, they would probably think it's, they're two different songs. Right, um, right, right. So it's definitely one of those. And it just, like, I, I'm, I'm surprised that it's like seven minutes because when I listen to it, I never, it doesn't feel like a seven minute song. Oh, not at all. It's like, it seems so fast. It goes by so fast, even though so much is going on in that song. Mm hmm. It kind of reminds me of, I don't know, just maybe, like, the mood of it. It kind of reminds me of, like, like, Exogenesis, in a way, kind of. Ah. It's just, like, yeah. It's kind of this feeling of, like, like life is kind of ending. We're just going to go see what else there is out there. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah, that kind of mood I, I get from No, it, I, I so. get that vibe for sure. Okay. So next is track seven. Lots of falsetto here. Micro cut. <laughs> Sorry, that is my dog shaking off and stuff. So, um, yeah. Oh my gosh! Like, Im- imagine doing this one at karaoke. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, it was produced by John Lecky. It has elements of it's like kind of metal, but with some baroque influences, um, and. Matt's vocal range spans from D4 to A, um, A flat five and shares his highest recorded note with showbiz and survival. Um, it's speculated to have been inspired by Prelude number no. three in D minor by Johann Sebastian Bach. And yes, <laughs> like I heard that and I was like, yup. Um, (laughs) and Matt said that the song was inspired by a dream he had in which he was in a desert and there were giant blades swinging from the sky Um, I was having these strange hallucinations of this triangular blade really silver metallic razor sharp I was in this landscape arid gray dead with an endless horizon and I was trying to dodge these blades that were flying out flying about everywhere they'd go into my head and i could feel them cutting into my brain (laughs) then i went to the doctor and he told me to drink more water and that was that (laughs) 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 just drink more water man (laughs) solves everything solves all life problems just drink some more water another lesson (laughs) kids and i'm about to do it right now very important leading by example You need to balance it out, okay? Because I just had coffee, which is dehydrating. So now I need to be hydrated. So drink water. (laughs) Unless you want to dream about, you know, crazy triangular blades blades going into your brain. (laughs) (laughs) I can just imagine, like, that visit. He's like, yeah, so, like, having all these dreams. And it's like, just drink water. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Cheers, mate. Cheers. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 
a little bit of information about his uh, definition of micro cuts. This stems from hallucinations I had of triangular blades cutting to the back of my head. It's a feeling that information is being infiltrated into your brain. I'd seen a TV program about psychological warfare and how the government could be controlling us using a type of radiation sending pulses to our brains. So micro cuts are cuts into your being that you can't see or avoid. Ooh. All right. Learning yeah. something new every day. <laughs> I was, I was just going to say, like, this is one of those songs where I had to look at the liner notes because I just did not understand most of the lyrics. Um, it's like an opera song on top of like a heavy rock song. Um, but I'm going through the liner notes and just to touch off on what you were saying, like, oh, Matt's conspiracy theory side. This is it right here. <laughs> oh, microwaves yes. controlling your brain. Then, you know, you brought up Harp earlier, um, the album, um, The Weather Control um conspiracy yeah. or whatever so matt's um telling they're, us they're, some stuff on this song for sure yeah they're always warning us i mean simulation theory now people are like people who aren't even muse fans i see them like saying like what if this is like a simulation theory? i'm like, right, I'm like right, right. muse was talking about that <laughs> they predicted this <laughs> they're you know they're ahead they know they've been trying to warn people <laughs> And um, it, it's so creepy. Like, I know, I know we're talking about origin, origin of symmetry, and I'm, I want to keep it at that. But just going through their like whole discography, like from start to finish, um, a lot of this stuff you listen to the songs, and you're like, "Oh, Muse called it. Oh, that came true like five years later. Oh, this is actually happening right now." So, <laughs> yeah, yeah just, when you listen to Muse, just stay tuned. <laughs> listen with your eyes and ears. Um, and yeah. You might be in for a trip later Drones? on. Drones? I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, that's why I love them. They, 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 you know, they know what's going on. They're smart. Absolutely. So would you ever sing this song in karaoke? <laughs> um, if I had a lot of enemies at the karaoke bar and I wanted them to leave because I'm, I'm trying to avoid fights and all that, I'd... I do micro cuts and just drive everyone away. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play. Where's uh, the little inspiration? Just so I can hear it. Yes. Donna. Donna. <laughs> Donna. <laughs> want to start the song <laughs> you heard it you heard it like oh okay there we go. um that was one of the first box songs i learned on the piano so kudos oh, to really? you kudos to you for making that connection like so strong yeah i haven't seen any like piano like most of the ones that i found on on youtube were like all guitar so oh, wow yeah i'll, I'll have to um uh, i'll mail you the sheet music you can play along on the piano too yeah Awesome. All right. Now, one of the more mellower songs, Screenager. Is that how you say it? I think so. Screenager. That's how I say it. Okay. Teenager, Screenager. <laughs> it was produced by John Leckie. An alternative title for it was Razor Blades. It is a track with the infamous bubble wrap, shopping bag, and skeleton skeleton bone per percussion sounds inspired by tom waits uh john leckie was encouraging muse to be experimental so you know 
That's why they used animal bones. Um, I'm not sure which animals. I, I read llama toenails, so I don't know if that's like or if if it was for this song or another one. But I want to know which animal like which animals bones they were using. And Matt said, "Screenager is a modern teenager being brought up by the screen who develops a distorted image of their body because of pictures in magazines and because technology is rejecting the physical bodies we live in. It's also a bit about people who cut themselves because I used to have friends who did it and I didn't know why. I try to grasp that it's needing something quite brutal to remind you what your body's about. All right. And again, I hate to keep saying this, but that was 2001. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if what Matt's talking about was a problem then, I mean, it's just out of control now with like mm -hmm. old, like people's self-image and all that self-harm. Mm -hmm. Um, but like if you listen, to, if you don't pay attention to the lyrics or anything, just musically, it's just one of those beautiful songs that also kind of reminds you of hypochondriac in a way mm -hmm. like that's the vibe i get um with the instrumental yeah i feel like you know with the lyrics like who you were was so beautiful i feel like yeah i definitely got that vibe that like you know maybe he's trying to help a friend like maybe you're like your friend is just going through some hard times and you're trying to like just make them feel better like hey you're worth more like yeah um, stuff like that so it's like a pretty but creepy song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's cool. It, it just the person in the song has just suffered so much trauma because uh, hide from the mirror, the cracks and the memories. I mean, it's so bad that this person shouldn't even be looking at themselves. Like that's how badly like their like their image of themselves is. They can mm -hmm. like pass by a mirror without having some kind of trauma. Definitely a song for pursuing mental health um, to get some help if. You know you've experienced some kind of trauma um just so you don't go into even worse things like self-harming and things like that um even though it's such a sad song i i take a, a positive message from it mm -hmm. like even though things are so bad like hey let's let's help each other out and let's get better mm -hmm. and i th i think it's really um great that map kind of He's trying to understand something that his friends were going through because a lot of people like empathy is not very or or just compassion is, in my opinion, not very common. So yeah, I think it's really great that Matt was like, he, you know, he's not one of those people like, oh, well, I'm not going through it, so I don't care. You know, he's like he yeah. sees people going through stuff and he's like he wants to understand and just makes me admire him even more just as a person so it's a very Matt, lovable quality like it's a rare quality in people but people who have it like those are the ones you hang on to for sure yeah he's an amazing guitarist and an amazing person so how yes. can you not love him you know how can you not All love right. you matt <laughs> yeah <laughs> so dark shines track number nine Produced by David Buttrell. Alternative titles were Policing the Jackson Funk. Um, <laughs> dark Shines uh, separated two words, Alien Funk or Dark Skies. And it's a little bit, you know, has like a little kind of like Latin sound during the verses. Um, and Matt said that it's just about some hot girl, a chance meeting <laughs> someone who you have a connection with. There's something a little bit dark about her and it's asking why we're so desperately attracted to something of a dark nature. Mm. 
you know how like we've both been saying like a lot of the songs on this album like they take us to space this one takes me to argentina because it just reminds me of the tango exactly right Mm -hmm. um like matt's saying like it's about some hot girl or whatever like this song is like i mean the tango is one of the most romantic dances you can do so like yeah like i always get the vibe that matt's doing the tango with like these dark entities that are just so like beautiful and attractive Mm -hmm. but they're bad for him um but he's okay with it and i think maybe all of us have a little bit of that on the inside um even though something could be really bad for us um yeah we still want it a little bit we'll go after it a little bit mm-hmm. it's it's just a very human song like there's no pretension there's like hey i know it's bad for me I'm, i still want it it's just so human mm-hmm. yeah i definitely get that feeling like when i like every time i hear it it makes me like you know, feel like really like sexy done. Like I and I I want to dance tango with someone. I'm like like I want to seduce somebody with this song. I'm like, dun, dun. <laughs> and I, I have taken a little bit of tango and I want to take it again to get better. But if oh if I ever get good, I would love to like make up a tango routine to this song. Like that would be amazing. Cause that's how I feel when I hear I'm like dun. Like I just get in this mood where I'm like, I want to seduce somebody and dance a tango with them. Uh and oh, I so get, when you like, go on, some- so who you so you think you can dance this is a song you're gonna use yes yes (laughs) or you know dancing oh no i was gonna say i've always wanted to be on dancing with the stars but you have to actually be a star first so (laughs) dang it you're on your way you're on your way (laughs) um i would love to represent muse at dancing with the stars i don't think anyone has ever danced to them there just get me tickets to the tapings yeah yeah of course (laughs) i'll cheer you on no one would ever think you could dance to a muse song you can i'll make it happen um, oh yeah but so- sometimes like because i i'm you know for anyone listening because you don't know i i'm a filmmaker as well i um have just kind of worked on video projects and music videos and short films since i was a kid so that's just like in me naturally so a lot of times i'll hear a song and i'll just like see a music video like in my head it'll inspire yeah. a a music video and like for me every time i hear this song i can definitely see a music video like <laughs> i don't want to say it. it was kind of lame but for me it would be like matt's just like <laughs> sitting like in this like lounge just like in the dark like just like seeing this girl like from far away like singing um so i wish i if if i would love to make a music video for it matt call me for like a single that's like a song that's over 20, what, 20 years old or whatever let me make a music video for it <laughs> i have it in my head um but yeah, they one, just put out a box set for all their stuff and have you make videos for yes, all the stuff they didn't have videos for before just yes. make sure you use a shaky camera because they love shaky cameras <laughs> <laughs> i actually came up with an idea for the animals for animals but then because they actually had a contest um like a fan like fans were making uh and they were gonna pick one to be like their official video but i couldn't film my idea because it just required too many locations and actors um and i didn't you know i just didn't feel right Uh, i'm not one of those jerks in hollywood that likes to use people so i actually want to pay people so since i couldn't i was like uh i don't i don't want to you know, if when I do something, I want to, do, you know, give it my all 100%, do my best. So I was like, I don't really want to make it if it's not going to, if it's going to be like mediocre. <laughs> so like, if it's, if I'm yeah. not going to be able to do like the vision I had in my head, I'd rather just not <laughs> like waste yeah. people's time. So I'm kind of sad I never got to do it, but um, definitely. But the one that they picked was actually pretty good. Like it was a good video. 
the so congratulations if you're listening to the winner who won the, <laughs> the contest um but it's so funny sometimes my ideas they're not too far off from the actual music video um <laughs> sorry i'm gonna go off on a tangent but this was okay all american rejects okay their first album um their last song on the album i believe was called graduation or the last song no it's called the last song but it was kind of like a graduation feel and so when I was listening to it, I was like seeing this idea for a music video in my head. I'm like, oh, if I made the music video, it would totally be like this. It would have like, because they had a, like a string quartet. And I was like, I would have them playing in an open air stadium, like grass there. They would be playing right there. And then I saw the music video and they did that in the music video. And I was like, what? Oh, no. They saw my brain. <laughs> Like, we thought alike. What? Like, I'm... Oh, my gosh. Maybe <laughs> so you and the director crazy. have H8. Never mind. I know. Like, <laughs> did I send that to him telepathically? Like, I thought of that. That's so crazy. <laughs> so, you know, I just let the music kind of inspire me. And I just thought that was really funny. Let me know if, in, if uh, you know, in the comments, anyone listening, if, you know, Dark Shines makes you want to seduce people, too. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. So... Number 10, the cover, Feeling Good, amazing cover, produced by John Lackey. It was the fourth single released with Hyper Music, uh, released November 19th. Original artist, Nina Simone. I hope you already knew that, Listening, anyone listening. Um, and it was included on the album because it was a piano-based song, and it was a favorite of Matt's girlfriend at the time. So she had Again. an influence. <laughs> Thank I don't know you, if it's Matt's the same one. Girlfriends, ex-girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if it's the one that he hates. Maybe it was like the one that came after, but <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but that's interesting that she had that much of an influence. I'd, I'd be cool. I wish I had that much of an influence. If I was dating a guy in a band, I'd be like, hey, you should include this Muse cover. <laughs> like, just do it. Come on. <laughs> I, I would. I would push for Muse. I'd be like, to Muse. Um, and, and you know, if ranked... he covered the Muse song, like that's a keeper right there. So that's the exactly. Test right there. Like, oh, you you want me to stay with you? You need a cover muse. Just saying. <laughs> and it was actually ranked as the fifth best cover um, in a poll by Total Guitar in 2008. And then in 2010, Muse's cover of Feeling Good was ranked by Enemy as the greatest cover song of all time in September 2010. Over 15,000 people voted it to number one, beating the Beatles cover of Twist and Shout and Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt. And in tw 2014, a BBC poll side voted the ninth best cover ever. And actually, uh, Muse sued Nescafe in 2003 because they used their version of Feeling Good in a commercial without their permission. And they actually, the money that they got from the lawsuit, they actually donated it to Oxfam. So Muse, again, Perfect. being amazing. <laughs> and then Nescafe later replaced it with the original uh, Nina Simone ver version. And Feeling Good is Feeling Good is also used in Virgin Atlantic's 20, was used in Virgin Atlantic's 2010 commercial that was run in the U.S. And it has been featured in the film Seven Pounds, the TV series John from Cincinnati, Doctor Who Confidential, Queer as Folk, Luther, Handmaid's Tale, Shameless, I don't know which if it was the UK or US version, and Tracy Beaker <laughs> Returns. And uh, Adam Lambert... Uh, which actually recorded a Muse song, uh, performed Feeling Good on American Idol. 
and he used uh, yeah uh, a muse's uh, arrangement of it and it is also featured in the video game the saboteur right on right on right the... on would you well, would you rank it as like yeah <laughs> would you rank it as the best cover ever i don't know if i would rank it as like the best cover of all covers that's kind of hard but like muse i will say muse when i love their covers because they're always amazing <laughs> yes <laughs> they're always so good and they put their own spell it's like a yeah, you know, it's that song, but it, they muse it up, like they musify it, like no one's going to mm-hmm. mistake it for anyone else, you know. Um, yeah. Before, uh, just real fast, I want to talk about the cover of this cover. It is by far my favorite, like, single cover, like that lady, like pouring beans into the wood chipper, whatever oh, it yeah, is yeah. on the singles <laughs> cover. Like, that is like, yeah. kind of like my b- brand of humor, just abstract. Like, <laughs> And if... um. <laughs> listeners haven't seen it before i implore you to just google image search like the single cover for feeling good um yeah yeah so much fun yeah, um i remember seeing it i'm just like what the beans <laughs> it makes okay. no sense it makes perfect sense <laughs> oh i will say that matt said that the as if I read this correct, that the covers of all the singles of Origin of Symmetry were basically like, they basically, I guess, commissioned a bunch of artists. They told them, they gave them the title of the album, Origin of Symmetry, and they're just like, just make something based yeah. on that. And that's how they got the album cover and all the singles. Um, so they're all different artists. So I guess that was that person's interpretation of Origin of Symmetries. Involves cans of beans. <laughs> They're very symmetrical, hey, maybe. Very symmetrical. I, I look at beans, I think of symmetry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's always, always such a treat, like, to hear them do this song, um, whether they'd like a full song or, like, as part of a medley or whatever. Um, everyone loves this song. Like, I think um, this song, if someone, like, doesn't really know Muse or hasn't heard of them, I think this song would be, like, a really good intro. Um, Mm. if you want to like use a song that isn't a muse song per se like a cover wise just like say hey like look at their influences because you don't want to really hit someone with space dementia at first especially if (laughs) they're not into like prog and epic rock and if they Mm -hmm. don't know who pink floyd is maybe don't play space dementia or futurism or anything like that but this would be a really good starting point execution <laughs> <Totally>. commentary <laughs> that, that's that's way later on we'll save that for way later on <laughs> like this is the same band that did <laughs> feeling good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally yeah. but yeah this is a song that everyone just loves no matter what their taste in music is mm-hmm. and that's uh definitely something that I, oh, I i love about music when i want to introduce somebody to muse i'll ask them like what's what kind of genre what kind of uh genres do you like who's your favorite artist so i try to find something like in the muse catalog that's kind of similar to that artist because they have something they have a little bit of everything something for everyone Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay listen to these and then if you like that then you can explore the other stuff but that's how you're gonna kind of like win them over like if someone's really into like you know maybe the you know more piano stuff like me they maybe don't maybe not like the heavier stuff or yeah um, but i'll be like here listen to absolution there you go <laughs> so, <laughs> or piano thing there you go um but yeah they have a little bit of everything especially now with like the like later stuff they have more like 
you want a little bit of R&B, funk, <laughs> you know, oh, dancey stuff, electronic. There, yeah. We have it there. So. And actually, it was, it was one of those songs. I mean, we'll talk about this some other time or whatever, but it was one of those songs that really like cemented my love for music. Like I had to get off the freeway and buy the resistance. It was undisclosed desires. Like I heard that mm -hmm. song and like it changed my life. And that's when I became like a full time muser for sure. Wow. That's so funny yeah. because actually, I think I read that so somewhere else. I, I forgot what song it was they were referring to, but somebody said like about a Muse song too in the comments. I was, I, it was like on YouTube and they said, oh, after I listened to this song, I had to get out of my car and uh, just like cry or something like that. It was like a more sad song, but I was like, wow, it's yeah. you know, music is powerful. So Totally, totally. All right, so we're almost at, we're gonna do uh, the bonus track, but yes. the, uh, for the for the US UK version, this was the end of the album, Megalomania, produced by John Lecky, uh, with the organ. Matt Bellamy used the organ at Saint Mary the Virgin's Church to record it, um, but because of the organ, this song is rarely played live by Muse. But uh, they did play at their charity gig at the Royal Albert Hall. And I actually got to like, I went to London two years ago. And I remember like, I was like, I have to go to the Royal Albert Hall because <laughs> that's what I went there because Muse played there. I didn't really, I was like, I don't care about the history of it. No, never mind everyone else who played there. Muse played here. Yeah, Muse played there. So I had to be there. And yeah, it was pretty awesome. So just to. Did, so did you get to, to see about? the organ there? No, I was just, I just went outside. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was being cheap. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I didn't know Well, next time I you did. go, you got to go inside for whatever, whatever it could be whatever show, and then just, like, sneak off and find the organ and start playing. <laughs> they, probably wouldn't, they probably wouldn't let me touch it. They'd be like, do not touch. Like, oh, dang it. What an um, epic very ending interesting the way the, album. The song was, oh my gosh, yeah. And um, I just love the story about how they actually got to use that organ at St. Mary's. Oh, okay. Yeah, tell us about it. Um, I don't know that story. Well, um, Matt went to the church and he asked the priest if he could use the organ to record a song. And the priest is like, well, you know, I got to make sure it's not satanic. Um, you Like, what's the song about? What are the lyrics? And Matt, like, just lied and wrote some lyrics that were not megalomania. <laughs> and I guess um, the priest or pastor reverend whatever um approved and matt went in and used the church's organs to record and it, it was all a lie but he <laughs> got what he needed and he gave us this awesome song and this awesome ending to this awesome album um yeah sometimes maybe little tiny lies are okay maybe sometimes <laughs> yeah well, there's that saying what's that saying um don't ask for permission ask for forgiveness <laughs> yes yes so, yes 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 <laughs> it's a good example of I, that just just do it I, you're right about that for sure <laughs> is this one of the songs that you would love to hear if given the opportunity like is it on your list of songs that you haven't heard that you want to hear live uh definitely i mean but i definitely would like to hear with the organ i feel like it wouldn't do it justice if you can't like play with the organ so i yeah, know it's totally. probably not gonna happen but i, I mean it, yeah it's just that's that stinks because a lot of my favorite songs are songs that they can't play for some reason i'm like god dang yeah. it <laughs> but it's at least we have it i just one idea that i 
like something that I would love Muse to do. I mean, this. I mean, there's no like orchestra on this this one, but since I love a lot of their more orchestral stuff, um, because I know uh, Hanson did this, and I think Metallica. I don't know if they did a whole tour, but Hanson did a whole tour with an orchestra. Um, oh, okay. Where they played, they played in every city. They played a lot of their old stuff and new stuff composed specifically for that. Uh, and in each city, they would perform with like a local orchestra. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I would oh, love cool. Muse to do that. So that way we can hear like Exogenesis in its entirety live, so I can <laughs> I die <know>. happy. Like <laughs> I would. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Um, so I, that's something I would ask Muse, like if I ever like got to see them uh, or talk to them just be like are you ever gonna do an like an orchestral like symphony tour like that would be amazing i feel like it needs to happen before we all die <laughs> we yeah, need to hear please. these songs just or because i feel like a one a special performance like it's not even it's not fair like most people aren't gonna be able to go like you should do a tour and like just play with local like symphonies everywhere um that way you know they have an opportunity to play with you or maybe have one that tours with you but a whole tour i think that would be amazing so it would be and i think yeah. it would work really well because like all those musicians and symphonies they're total professionals so it's not like muse would have to like rehearse with them or anything like maybe a soundtrack sure but it could totally be done. Just have them listen to the music and have the notes and it could totally work. And it'd make for a very interesting tour. Absolutely. Like speaking for myself, like locally, like the muse at the Hollywood bowl with the LA Philharmonic, like how awesome would that be? God, I would die. I would have to get like (laughs) VIP for that. I mean, how much would that be? A thousand (laughs) dollars? I'm like, hopefully I have that much. (laughs) I I'm need like, to be for should I pay rent this month or should I go see Muse with the LA Philharmonic? I guess I'm gonna be homeless, so <laughs> yeah, it's totally worth it. Worth oh, it. I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Let us know in the comments if you want them to tour with the symphony because it has to happen. Like, okay, I'll be like Muse. You 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 did a lot of like you know little experiments and stuff like with you know simulation theory. Cool, that's great. Go back play with <laughs> symphony. <right now. laughs> we need to hear Exogenesis in its entirety. Stop teasing us a little bit here, a little bit no. Like I want to hear everything, the entire thing. Absolutely. Come on, I, and I know I'm not the only one that wants to hear all their other amazing uh, songs like that. Yeah, they could just right. like just do a tour of like songs that, that are not played live often yeah. at all, like like the rarities tour or something. Like Assassin, I've seen that one live once. And I, I forgot where I saw them perform it, but I know it was one time. Assassin, that's one of my favorite songs. Yep, it yep. was at our um, at our show. We got a little. No, bit of it. no, 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 because that one they only did they did it as part of the medley. Yeah, I mean uh, it wasn't the whole thing. Yeah, but because uh, I've seen them uh, nine times, and uh-huh. somewhere before Simulation Theory, I remember seeing them perform it live, but I oh. don't remember where it was because oh, of all the places <laughs> I've seen them. Right, but, right, right. Um, but yeah, it, like I was lucky I got to see them do it. So apparently, it's a, you know one of the rare ones. But I would love for them to do it again. And I was so like I was happy they did a little bit at Simulation Theory. But I was I was like getting like really excited, and then they moved on to another song. I'm like, no, yeah. why are you teasing me? Like play the whole thing. It's so good. I know, but I guess but, a little bit's better than nothing, huh? 
Yeah. <laughs> and one of my favorites is, because um, I love it so much, is Endlessly. That's one they like rarely ever perform. I think they've only performed it like a couple times. And yeah. that's one of like my favorites of all time. I'm just like, do it. I love it. I love it. It's so good. I wish I could just pay them. Be like, can you do private performance for my birthday? <laughs> just, here's a set list. Exogenesis, Endlessly, Assassin, <laughs> Assassin <laughs> Megalomania. You know, I'm sure that can all fit in my place, like all the the instruments. Like, like I'm sure there's room for everything. A whole symphony. So. Get in here. Let's go. <laughs> How much would I have to pay? I'll be like a million dollars. Like, okay, will you do we'll, it for a million dollars? We'll get the I'll GoFundMe for, going. <laughs> I'll pay for Lavella's college education. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> okay, I'm not that rich. Well, I'm not even rich, but. <laughs> Just want to do it. Oh, yeah. We were talking about megalomania, weren't we? And we yeah. Just, sorry. We went off on tangent. <laughs> we drove off the road. <laughs> I just, it's just so funny to me because, um, you know how he, like, he lied to the priest to use the organs in this church? And, mm-hmm. like, megalomania is such, like, an atheist song. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's That's, just perfect. Yeah. It sounds like, I don't know. Is it, like, where you're dying or something? Like... Like I said, I'm not, I'm not like a words person or lyrics. Like in college, I always, or just in school in general, I hated when they would be like, analyze this poem, analyze this. I'm like, I just want to enjoy it. <laughs> I hated analyzing things. I'm like, I just want to enjoy it. Sometimes a tree is a tree. Like, <laughs> that's how I feel. What like, what's the meaning? That's a, what's the meaning? I'm like, I don't Jimmy, just enjoy it. It's a nice poem, okay? <laughs> That's hot. But also, it's, you know, just like different personalities. You know, some people are more like analytical and I'm just like, I'm just more, in case you don't know about the Myers, when I'm saying you, I'm not saying you, Gary, specifically, but people who know about Myers-Briggs, um, there's people who are more oh, the like judgers. Test. Yeah, judgers, more perceivers. And I'm a more perceiver where it's more about like the feelings and things like that. And judges are like analyzing stuff. (laughs) I'm just like, I just feels good. Okay. Feeling good. (laughs) I'm feeling good. All right. That's my other one. (laughs) Another pun. (laughs) And and I totally can't help myself because Matt just got so many interesting things to say. And I know there's like always more to the meaning. Like he might say one thing, but it could mean a whole different thing. And also, like, the best part, too, like, I mean, it's not like this with a lot of bands. There's some bands for sure, but this band kind of allows you to, like, come up with your own meanings. Like, if you hear one song, you mm. might think it's about something, and I might think it's about something else. And that's just, like, a true, like, master artist who just lets you, like, imagine things the way you want to see them. Mm-hmm. But of course, if like the song is straight up like brick to the head, like, no, this is what it means for sure. I'll accept that. But like with Muse, like I do feel like the music lets us room for interpretation. That's what yeah. makes me like an artist even more. I just feel like, oh my, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, I feel like, I guess like when I listen to it, it's like I'm like I'm dying <laughs> like it's like this is like you're about to die right now <laughs> that's kind of how I feel like and I, I just have that kind of sense like okay I'm gonna die I'm gonna accept my fate <laughs> it's gonna happen so yeah when I, when I hear cool. the organs it sounds like the organs are gonna just suck me into like nothingness and that's it. like it's just that powerful like it's mm-hmm. gonna take me yeah it's like it's like you're you're about to die but you've accepted it you're like okay I'm good I'm ready I'm ready <laughs> <laughs> take me that's away kinda, yep 
I feel like it's a good end. It's just a good ending song. Like I feel like I could see it like at the end of like a horror movie or something. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Hundred percent. And it's just kind of like a nice like from you know the way newborn you know starts like so it's like it starts kind of just slow goes up the go you're going on an adventure through the whole album and then it's like all right now we're back down (laughs) at the end of uh, megalomania so you just went a nice little journey through the whole trip I mean, and again, how you're album. saying with some songs where like you can play the intro and then the ending and then you're like, oh, is this the same song? Same thing with this album. If you play the song Newborn and then Megalomania, like, no way. Like, this is not on the same album. This isn't, you know, no, no way. Mm-hmm. But it's such a yeah. treat. It's like having like a seven course dinner with like four desserts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's good. You get a taste of good. everything. It's good uh, simile. Or metaphor. <laughs> simile, right? You said like. That means it's a I simile. Know, I failed English in high school. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I can't talk too good. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the extra song on the Japanese edition. Why do they always get the good stuff? I don't know. Do they only? Are they only the only ones that appreciate it? Because I would have appreciated two Muse if you would have put Futurism. Um, you know, I'm just over here like US take my version, money. But, yeah. <laughs> So, Futurism was produced by David Buttrell, and alternative titles for it were Spectrum, Tesseract, Electro Empire, A Political Land. (laughs) 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 Very interesting titles. The first seconds of the song bear a distinct resemblance to the song Too Many Puppies by Primus. Did you, have you heard that song or no? I'm going to play it just so you can hear it. Well, it's just mostly simple. <laughs> so you can kind of hear like futures. So it's gonna start. No. So it's mostly just like the little symbol right there. But there you go. I forget which tour it was. Um, but before uh, Muse played Futurism, they did like a quick little cover of Too Many Puppies, and it was such a nice little segue mm. into Futurism. Mm-hmm. So they're totally, totally fans. I mean. If you're as good yeah. a bass player as Chris is, like you have to like pay homage to Les Claypool for sure. Mm-hmm. It was such a treat. <laughs> so it's about a futuristic world, futurism, but it wasn't included uh, to Origin of Symmetry. I guess like you know the U.S. and UK, the other versions um, yeah. because of its difficulty to play live. Yeah, I don't think have they ever played it live. I don't think so. Have they? Maybe. I mean. At least one time because of the whole like too many puppies futurism um oh yeah that's true that's true yeah um live performance oh okay so here in the muse wiki um oh oh, they don't have a whole list okay so the first oh yeah reading festival 2000 and then despite the band said it can get difficult to play the songs performed live for the second time ever at zep tokyo in 2013 and then other performances of the song were during the psycho uk tour in 2015 and uh i think that's it all right okay and futurism also i'm not sure if this is what you know i don't think matt actually said this but it is also an Italian art movement started by Filippo Tommaso Marinetti in 1909. It contained the first glimpse of what is now known as modern art. 
Matt also said that Futurism and The Groove were two examples of B-sides that he felt were better than some album tracks. Ooh. <laughs> Groove is definitely don't yeah. Has a little like yeah. I mean Groove is awesome, but then I'm thinking like what would you have replaced it with? Like you can't take any of the songs out. Just add it. <laughs> yeah, just add, add it. it. And not just for the Japanese. Give it to everyone. Yeah, I don't understand why bands do that. I don't I mean I don't I don't know if it's a record label or what, but I don't know if they think, oh, Japanese are more accepting <laughs> like crazier stuff, but I'll Could I would be. accept it too. Yeah. With open arms. Oh, we want to go over the live versions. Um, right. So obviously, like, Hullabaloo, like, it's really interesting, too. Like, when they were touring for Showbiz, and um, you would see, like, a lot of these songs that ended up being on Origin of Symmetry, like, the beginning stages of it. And then seeing how, like, they're a little bit more, um, I don't want to say basic, but, like, yeah, they had the structure there. But then, like, as the time went on, um, more stuff was added. So it was just interesting to see how, like, the songs grow with time up until like idea to like putting it on the album um but quite honestly i wish i could have done this it was in 2011 um when they did writing in leads and they played the entirety of origin of symmetry from mm. start to finish that's yeah. like my rigor like oh i missed that I, I wish i could get into delorean and go back to those festivals and see them play it from mm -hmm. start to finish amazing but obviously like the hullabaloo stuff and then even just like some of the, um, the the Wembley DVD had a lot of songs from origin great performances so you can't really go wrong yeah I was gonna say Wembley when they did uh, newborn there oh my gosh so um, epic yeah because I've seen and I also he, he did the same thing when I saw him I think they performed it I mean, I mean, I've seen them so many times, but like, uh, <laughs> they perform newborn. Um, because I, I like when he starts with the at the piano and then he gets up and gets a guitar. But because I've seen them where he doesn't do the piano part, where it's like uh -huh. a track, and I'm like, no, I want him to play. I want him to play. <laughs> I don't want to hear a track. I want him to play. And then I, I don't know if they do it because of timing or something. I don't know. But I'm just like, no, Matt, what are you doing? <laughs> don't get lazy. <laughs> um so yeah he definitely did that at Wembley and and obviously Plug and Baby that performance was amazing because uh, he actually did spin and I think That's they so also important. performed it um what's the other one that was on the Absolution was it Reading Festival I don't know the one that was on uh the Absolution album that whole concert on there um that one was amazing too just anytime he spins he has to spin if he doesn't spin I'm disappointed okay <laughs> so, so okay so are there any songs from uh origin of symmetry that the ones that weren't singles are there any that you would have released as a single um so definitely citizen erased mm. for sure um you think I, the, I just, the you think the radio stations would play it though seven minute song i don't i don't think so um because, you know, most songs on the radio are like three, four minutes or whatever. Yeah. But um, maybe uh, on like... If it was your choice. If satellite it was... radio. Yeah, my okay. choice. But um, maybe a, a Futurism, I think, would be a great single too. Especially with that oh. awesome chorus. Grounded, Buxton. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think that would be like very radio friendly from the ones that weren't released. For me, uh, <laughs> I think because of the piano uh, <laughs> i would have chosen uh 
space dementia but it's like six minutes yeah. long so yeah not exactly radio friendly but yeah not not be- very poppy at all but because i mean that's my favorite song you know it would yeah. just be different you know if somebody's listening to like if you play it on like yeah alternative rock i think they would be more tolerable like you probably wouldn't put it on a top 40 station but like if yeah. someone is listening to like alternative rock station I, I think it would fit there they'd probably be like at first like what is this <laughs> at the beginning and then you know they hear the drums and everything and they're like okay all right i think they could get into it so and i, and I agree because like-, like if you can put november rain on the radio and it's like a nine minute song you can do space dementia like mm-hmm. if the song is good who cares how long it is a good song is a good song yeah yeah like I said, whenever I hear Citizen the Race, I never, like, feel like it's a seven-minute-long song. Right, like, right, right. Fast. <laughs> yeah. So you said Space Dimension was your favorite song, because I was going to ask you about that, like, your favorite song from the album. Yeah. It's just with, with my classical music influences and Rachmaninoff and mm-hmm. the lyrics, the meanings behind them. Um, for some reason, I'm just really hooked on Chris's bass playing on that song. I know there's way better songs that he plays way better bass on, but just it's so driving and it's sending the message home. And honestly, this is one of the songs that does make me feel like I'm in space. You know, I hate to keep saying that because the name of the song is Space Dementia, but I feel so light and airy and like nothing bothers me in the world. Like my whole life could be a a poop show, (laughs) but I'm listening to the song and everything's cool. Like everything will be fine. Like my problems aren't all that big. Yeah, if I ever get to go on like the spaceship, like Elon Musk's or SpaceX, I'm gonna be like, "Can we play Space Dementia while we're going to space?" <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> that's gonna be the soundtrack <laughs> flying like <laughs> so appropriate. Um, yeah. Now I'm curious: Are there any astronauts who are Muse fans? There has to be like Ooh. at least one. <laughs> you have very appropriate music here. I'll be like, "Here, here's your Muse space playlist." <laughs> Here you go. Uh, listen to it. I think it would fit really well. I mean, if um, I was so to make ever... a bet with anyone, I would say that there, at least one time, there has to have been like a Muse song played in space. Yeah, I mean, they're in space for a long time, so. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to Google this later on, see if there's been any times where Muse has been played in space. Yes. And if I ever get rich enough to go to space, I will definitely play Space Dementia a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and other songs keyword. too okay so has origin of symmetry like after you've listened to other muse albums has it always kind of stayed as your favorite or has it changed where like you had another one as like a favorite i know it's kind of hard to pick a favorite but like yeah do you always kind of go back to origin of symmetry as like your main one and if so why like what is it about it um it reminds me of home so like i love to travel right um, and I love going out to all these awesome new places and exploring and meeting the people and trying out the food. And I, I love it all. Mm-hmm. But I also love coming back home, too. And I think Origin of Symmetry is like that for me. It's like my home album, even though like maybe there will be times where I don't listen to it for months. Like I'm on a drones kick or a showbiz kick. But it doesn't mean I love Origin any less. It's just, you know, we, Muse's albums, it's like every album has a mood. So if you're feeling mm-hmm. a certain kind of way, you can like pick up the resistance or, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, like someone comes up to me and says only one album origin because it covers a lot. Okay. All yeah. Right. 
Awesome. Well, I didn't I get to that's... ask you what's what's your favorite. Uh, was it Space Dementia your favorite song on Origin? Woo, my favorite song. Uh, is... See, you I don't, you're I not the only one that gets to ask the hard questions. It's my turn now. <laughs> well, yeah, it's my show. <laughs> I'm not the one being interviewed, but... Um, I, I'm just oh, curious. I feel like... I think I'd probably pick, bl- pick Bliss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. think it's just... Excellent it choice. Me, it just makes me so happy. Like, really. <laughs> they just do such a... Like, they do a, such a good job of, like, you know, space dimension makes you feel like you're in space. Bliss makes you happy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I feel and it's just so I love playing it I love seeing them play it. it's just you know like Marie Kondo it's just joy like pure joy <laughs> I would never if Marie Kondo was like would you give away would you throw bliss away I'd be like no this brings me joy I'm not I'm keeping bliss um so probably uh bliss yeah yeah just like just like Matt right yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's and- a- <laughs> We, well, we, the, if we run into him, we got to ask him that question. Is Bliss still your favorite? I still yeah. say that we should do that. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, just everything about it, just like it makes me feel good. And also just the lyrics too are really like pretty and like just positive. It's like, oh, yeah. like, like if somebody was saying that to me, I would be like, oh, it's so sweet. It's <laughs> so sweet. So and it's like such you. a nice break from like a lot of the more negative things on this album. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, like, if, like I the think the rest of the album feels like you're drowning, and then Bliss, like a dolphin, comes up and <laughs> yeah. like takes you up for some air for a little bit. <laughs> hmm. And then you know it ends with like for me, like feeling like I'm dying with megalomania. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm born at the beginning of the album. I'm born, and by the end, I'm freaking dying. <laughs> oh my gosh, this I'm, album is life. Uh, yeah, it's like I'm <laughs> I'm being born. I'm happy with bliss because uh, I'm a newborn baby. I don't know any better. <laughs> at the end, I've gone through life. I've gone through breakups. I've hated people. At the end of life, the end of the album, I'm like, I'm ready. I've gone through life. I'm ready to die and just meet my maker if he exists. Whatever. <laughs> I've been through life on this album, so yeah. yeah. Let us know, um, anyone listening. Please let us know what you think of this album, whether or not it's your favorite. Let us know. Just share your feelings i would definitely like to hear you know what other people have to say about this album because people get different things you know from songs and i definitely just want to hear people's opinions about it and what's your favorite song if you can pick one which one that was not released as a single would you pick as a single i'm really interested in that because i i feel like a lot of bands especially muse especially muse but I've seen this, I see this with a lot of bands that I like. I always feel like their B-sides are just sometimes even better than the stuff that's on on the album. Right. I don't know if that's just me. <laughs> and I'm like, why didn't you release this as a single? First of all, why didn't you put it in the album? Second of all, this could have been a single. Why? Why? And I feel like, I mean, <laughs> Muse has so many good B-sides. I'm just like in love with them. And I'm like, why wasn't this on? Like, this should have been a single or this B-side. Come on, come on. I think maybe I like a lot of B-sides because they're very... A lot of times they tend to be kind of different than right. maybe their normal stuff and also different from what you hear on the radio. So it's just, like, refreshing. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You did something different and it's amazing. And I just wish people, like, could... I guess the general audience, they're not more accepting of that. Like, if they hear something different, they're like, get it off. But I'm more like, ooh, this is different, like, this is interesting. So I just wish, um, you know, the radio, like, just 
people in general were just more accepting of like different things so that because i feel like i would i would enjoy listening to like modern music now if it was more interesting where it's like okay this is like not memorable next song (laughs) um but they follow a formula but muse never follows any formula yeah i would love to have like my own like radio stations like b-side radio (laughs) 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 it's b-sides all the time (laughs) Like that would be amazing. Okay, that's another idea. Really Don't copyright cool. it. Don't steal it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> if, if anyone listening steals my idea for B side radio, I will sue you. I'm just saying. <laughs> so two I great think, ideas on this. Um, the time we've spent together to I'm guitar a, player a, riff off and B side radio. I should be Love rich. It. I I am an ideas person. I just can never <laughs> execute them. That's my problem. I can't execute these ideas. That's my execution commentary. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think I won the Muse pun. pun you, you, got, you got the punny trophy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Any last words about um, Origin of Symmetry before we end this journey? I, I think we've covered all the bases. We've gone to space. We went to heaven. We went to hell. We came back. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I think we've had a good trip on this album for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, some some people have probably listening listen to this album while being on trips or, you know, certain physical trips. Hey, whatever or works. Tripping on stuff, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> just definitely a classic and it's held up for so long. How how old is this album? Let me see. I kind of forgot. 19 I want to get old. I want to get it right. 19? Released in 2001. Oh shoot! Yeah, I can't believe it. I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, this album's an adult. <laughs> wow! Wow! Yeah. Well, well thank you. Muse. Let's not think too much about that, because then we'll, <laughs> we'll realize how old we are. And yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> it goes by too fast. Is all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Gary, for. Uh, joining me again on the MuseCast podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you had me on again, and it was great to spend this time with you talking about a masterpiece album. Yeah. Would you rate it like in your albums, like at ranking? Would you say it's in your top ten or no? <laughs> like top all 10? time, all artists. Yeah. Or I mean, yeah. rock. Oh, yeah. I, that, easily, easily. Okay. No cool. doubt about if it. You, if you would have said no, I would kick you off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and off. I would deserve Get it off. too. How could I bring that kind of trash to your show? <laughs> exactly. It's like you yeah. lied. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Anyone listening, if you enjoyed uh, Gary's commentary, want to see him again, um, you know, put in the comments. We can bring him on, talk about other, you know, albums, other muse topics. Uh, you know, because you know we have to. If the, the people want you, maybe you can come back. You know. Oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, I, I would hope the listeners have better taste than that, but <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's, it's been such a thrill and just getting to talk about Muse and all things Muse. Um, it's, again, just such a big honor and such a thrill to share this time with you. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And uh, stay safe. And we'll talk to you again, Gary. Yeah, please stay, stay healthy and safe. And I hope we can do another Muse show soon after yes. all this ends. Yeah. Bye. Bye.
And that is it for this episode of the MuseCast podcast. Thanks again to Gary for coming on. It was great having you here. And hopefully we'll have you on again. Everyone, please let me know if you want Gary to come on again. Thanks again to Alonso Loaiza for allowing me to use your cover on the podcast. If you would like me to feature your cover of a Muse song, please send me a DM on Instagram, which is at MuseCastPod. And then Twitter, MuseCastPod. You know, you can follow my personal Instagram at Girl and her Shiba dog <laughs> and my other podcast quarantine happy hour email is in the video description and show notes as well so get in touch with me if you have cover you want me to feature also if you are in a muse cover band i would love to have some muse cover bands on the podcast to interview them about you know muse and their inspiration so please would love to have you on thanks again for all of you who have listened and if you want more muse content please also check out the youtube channel if you have not because on the youtube channel it's not just podcast episodes i just do other muse related videos my little music videos if you want to check them out because i like to shoot music videos uh so check that out as well stay safe stay healthy and i'll see you on the next episode of the MuseCast podcast